Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know more than 1.2 billion people, that's 16% of the global population, lacks access to electricity? Our guest today is the founder and director of Smiling Through Light that works with a network of women to provide clean, reliable and sustainable energy in Sierra Leone. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Mariama Kamara. Oh, thank you so much, Mariska. Awesome. You're most welcome. Mariama, how did your sustainable journey actually start? Well, it's quite weird now thinking about it. So it started back in 2011. I was born in Sierra Leone. And as most people would know, we had a big civil war from 1991 to 2002. So at the age of nine, I left Sierra Leone and I moved to London, the United Kingdom, and stayed here, you know, done all my studying. When I first, it was really difficult to me because I experienced, first of all, it was really, really cold. And I just kept thinking, oh my goodness, I'm coming from this really nice, hot place. You know, Sierra Leone is really hot. It's so beautiful. We've got amazing beaches. Um, it's just such a community of people coming to get together. And then I had this sudden shock of into London where it was just really cold, really crazy. It was really difficult when I went to primary school here. I experienced a lot of racism. It was just really difficult because then like loads of the kids, when you can't really blame them, I think had this conception about what Africa, you know, as a continent it's like and in terms of like different countries, what it's like. So it was really, really rough. So the war basically ended. And at that time, I had finished uh, my first degree in psychology. I want to train as a clinical psychologist to first go back to Sierra Leone and open a center where young, because during the war, we had loads of, so I wanted them come for like counseling, therapy, mediation classes. So that was like my big thing. So the dream there was from a really young age to open a center in Sierra Leone. So in 2008, 9, DFID, VSO, they introduced a program called Diaspora Voluntary. So basically, they wanted people from the diaspora, so those of us who are from different African countries but living abroad, to go back and just share learning and experiences. So at that time, I was working in international So I used to work for an HIV um, aid policy campaigning organization, and I'd worked there for a good five to seven years. So I had really good experience around the sector, really good experience around policy, really good experience about developing campaigns, and a lot of stuff around programs. So I don't couple of those trips. 2009, I went to Ghana and we went to Kenya. And then in 2011, a trip came up for Sierra Leone. I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. It was on a, for three months on a placement as a sexual and reproductive health technical assistant. So really it was to develop a sexual reproductive health curriculum, working with UNICEF and also Restless Development, which is the international led organization. I said, oh my goodness, this is amazing because since 2004, I have been going back to Sierra Leone, but I would normally go Christmas. Christmas, Easter breaks. And I said, this would be such a great opportunity for me to go for like three months to work and all just learn much more about the country. So I spoke to my boss, even though the, the, this diaspora volunteer would get time and like different and VSO would 
pay for your travels or your accommodation and all of that. Your work had the time off to go and do this trip. So I negotiated with my boss and he was like, at the end, at first he was like, no, but then he agreed. So off I went. I left April 2011, went to Sierra Leone. So we wrote the, the first month was writing the curriculum. So we wrote, you know, I sat and wrote the curriculum. Then because the literacy level in Sierra Leone is just really, really, really low, we had to then convert the curriculum into role playing with this organization called Restless Development. So we've done that as a second part of the month. The third part now was going around the country, teaching people, going into different communities, teaching them about what the curriculum has. So the curriculum, for example, had 10 different chapters. So it covered stuff from puberty, wooden sanitation, HIV and AIDS, you know, use of condoms. So just really different things. So we'd go into a community, see what the need is and find areas in the curriculum and just work on those particular chapters, those particular individuals. But throughout this journey, Mariska, everywhere I went, I just saw people using kerosene lamp, people using candles. In Sierra Leone, we've got something called Pam Pam, which is like this lamp where you People basically make their own wick with cloth, dip it in kerosene and just light. And you would find like in most houses, obviously people that live in the city live in nice big houses, but in most of the like villages, the houses are much more smaller. So, and you'd normally typically have a family of about six to seven or even sometimes eight people living in this house. So I was just so in total, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was just thinking, oh my goodness, it's the 21st century. This is 2011 and this is how people are lightning homes. It was just crazy. When we finished the work, I came back to Freetown because at this time we'd been to places like Bo, Kono, Cambia, Kenny, really like into loads of different villages, just working with communities. So when we came back to Freetown, I contacted Comic Relief because then they, I knew they had a domestic violence program going on in one of our slums in called Crew Bay. And I asked if I could just do one, I just wanted to meet a group of women just to talk to them about the problem. So they organized that and I went. And it was just very, very simple. I asked them, what is like your access? What do you guys use? What are your lightning options? Is there fires? You know, just basic stuff. Because for me at that point, I really wanted to understand exactly what was going on and what problem basically had. So they told me, you know, we always have fires here. We all use candles. We all use kerosene. It's become a norm now to have fires because someone would accidentally leave a candle on or something or they have a little lamp and go to sleep wake up and accidentally just knock it over they explained to me about the houses that they live if their roof were originally white now it's really thick black because of the smoke it's totally black people blow their nose it's thick black snot so that really stayed like it really disturbed and I came back to London and I was just like I really if ask people when you see a problem you are the one who can be the solution. You can change it. So at that particular moment, I got back to London and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. And that's how my sustainable journey started. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what a journey. And I totally agree with you when you look at certain issues, you know, and people are very quickly to say, why don't somebody do something? But then you realize that you are someone and that you can do something. <laughs> and um, Exactly. Yeah, so that's amazing. And if you can maybe just tell us a little bit. So that was how like Smiling Through Light was born, right? And exactly. what what exactly is Smiling Through Light? Oh, cool. So Smiling Through Light, you know, our main mission is that we focus on clean energy access. So for us, you know, we're supporting SDG 7. We want to meet the goal. We're trying our best. But with Smiling Through Light, we're focusing on clean energy access. And when working with a network of women to provide clean, reliable and sustainable 
sustainable energy, not only in Sierra Leone, but Africa through the sales of solar products. So most our USP, which is really, really nice, and is that, first of all, obviously, as a woman, I found, I found it smiling through lights. I'm directing it. The network of women that we're building, our sales force, these are going to be all women. Our plan is in the next five years to have over 250 of these women in Sierra Leone selling our products. So we're all around making sure people are having access to clean energy and having access to reliable products because also that's been a lot of problem in, I can talk about Sierra Leone and I'm sure most of like some other countries in Africa, but because my experience is mainly in Sierra Leone, I would stick to that. To say where you go, you'd see loads of products on the market which are just no good. And people were sold really, really black, bad products. So for us, we're providing the clean and also reliable products, which are really, really good for people. And also because we're creating jobs, Smiling Through Light is not a charity. We are a private company. We make profit, but we also have loads of social impact. And the sustainability part of it is what we're all working towards, creating jobs for people, income opportunities, women's empowerment, of course, and just giving people the confidence to be leaders in their own community and just making and putting a smile on people's lives just through the products that we're selling. So when you talk about these products, what type of products is it exactly that you guys sell? So at the moment, we're um, using the Greenlight Planet um, product, which most people know. So one of the main things for us is is the Lightning Global, Lightning Africa, the global product um, program, where you can basically go check products that's already been tested and verified and they have a stamp. So the Greenlight Planet products now are basically one of the best products on the market. They're really cheap. They're very, very good to use. So we're using, we're at the moment get using three. So we're using the Pico Plus, which is their study lamp. We're using their Pro 200, which is a solar lantern, but can also charge your mobile phone. And also the Pro 400, which is a bigger solar lantern and can also charge your phone. So and currently that, those are the products we're using. Yeah, is that smaller one the it looks like almost like a little sun? I saw on some of your social photos, there was like, a, it looks like a little sun that then gives light, like all yeah, flower. So, yeah, so that's, that's another company because obviously we can work with different manufacturers. For us, it's what's best. And depending on the projects or what we're basically working on. So the one you're particularly talking about is with a company called Little Sun. That's what they're actually called. And that's uh, another solar product. So they're different to Green Light Planet. Um, They're another solar product and their product is also very, very good. When we had our first pilot in 2014, which was sponsored by PwC, we used the Little Sun products actually to first test the market. It was the first product we entered Sierra Leone with. There's quite a lot of different products you can you can use, and I suppose sometimes it just depends on what you're basically doing. So the Little Sun ones are another good one that's out there and available to use. And also, why why is it really important for you to work with the women specifically in Sierra Leone? Because in Sierra Leone, if you just look at this, is kind of you know lots of people I think in this world. Why we have lots of trouble, people really don't understand what they call background stories. You know, as individuals, we just see things as they are. If you put it in context, like Sierra Leone, our economy, our GDP is mainly it's about 60 to 70% from agriculture. Loads of women are going out working, farming, doing working in the informal and formal sector, doing loads of stuff, contributing to the economy. But they're never recognized. And also for me, as just a young woman, when I was growing up in Sierra Leone, I understand what the power structures were basically like. So 
what I'm doing right now totally goes against what I'm quoting, what a woman should be doing. Because really, I shouldn't be setting up a business. I shouldn't actually be do, doing work in renewable energy because it's such a male-dominated sector. So it's totally against. But I chose to work with women because I know once we have a vision, once we have a plan, once we say we're going to do this, we would focus, we would deliver. We're good at selling because this, obviously this business is a lot around sales and marketing. We can sell. And you also know once you put a woman there, the end goal for Smiling to Life is we're combating, definitely working towards ending poverty. You know, if you're working with women, they would always go back and invest in their families. They would invest with their kids, so their education. If they're doing businesses, they would invest more there. So they are able to also just open much more doors. And men are not totally excluded from Smiling to Life. So even like our employees, some of them are men. But my, the network, we want that to be um, led by women because we know they have a really good voice. They can talk and they can make things much more accessible. And also, we just need to create jobs for ourselves because loads of women, as I'm saying, from Leone, we're working, but we're in informal sex, making small bits of money here and there. When you know if together you're working with someone and that information is put together, they can achieve so much stuff. So for me, I really believe in women. Um, I've had like, I was raised by a sing, like a single parent family. So I really understand uh, what uh, the role a woman plays, not only in business, but also within a community. And that's why we're, I want Smiling Through Light and the network that we're working to be women-led and it's very important. And just to take a little step back to these like kerosene and um, or like the paraffin as a fuel, you know, mm-hmm. like for me, one of the things that's really interesting is that, I mean, it was invented in like 1853 by this Polish pharmacist, wow. you know, so it's, it's, it's more than 150 years ago since it's been invented and still people use it today. What are some of the things I know you mentioned, you know, like all of the black that's on the roofs and, but what are some of the other important reasons why you also feel it's important to switch from that to solar to kind of better these people's environments? Well, first of all, not only when you look at kind of the health, I've worked with students because one thing for me, when we done our first pilot in 2014, I'm someone who I don't like people to come and tell me what the experience is, right? It's like, oh, Marissa, your experience is, that's really good. But for me, I'm that kind of person anyway. I'm really different. I would rather go and experience that thing myself. <laughs> in 2011, when I went and spent some time with a family to just know what is it like. Because obviously I live in Freetown, but we don't use um, cows. And we used to when I was a kid. So I even understand what that is. It's like when I was like eight, nine, we were using it to study. So first, if you're using cows in the, pol- the pollutant, your eyes start running. You become really cloudy. You're inhaling, obviously, CO2, which is just dangerous and really bad for your health. People, you'd have a family of about seven to eight around one kerosene lamp, which is in the middle, inhaling all these fumes. People have serious headaches, dizziness. Some of them sometimes just fatigue. Um, they, they have breathing problems, like I've mentioned before, coughing, snot. So it's really bad. You know, um, I, I really recommend Power Africa because they've just released a new campaign that says, with my solar lantern, I can, which is so powerful. Right? Because we know with your solar lantern, from our experience also, with your solar lantern, you can learn. You can use a clean, eco-friendly, a brighter solar lamp to help kids in 
improve their education. With a solar lantern, I can improve my income opportunities. Why do I say that? A lot of the women that we work with who buy our products are working in informal sectors. Once they've got the light, they can trade for longer. Before, when they would be using either kerosene or if they're connected to the grid, once it goes off, they pack their markets or whatever they're selling and they go home. With their solar um, lantern, they can trade for much more longer, which gives them much more productivity, increases their profit to then invest in different different things. With your solar lantern, you can feel safe. It's secure. With your solar lantern, you can improve health opportunities for different people because we know in some hospitals, like in Sierra Leone, there's been cases during an operation the light goes off. So having a solar lantern there, you can use it. And the thing for me, the solar lantern is so powerful. And I will tell you, Marissa, like my dream really ultimately is for everyone in Sierra Leone to have access to the grid. Like I'm in London now, when I come home, I just need to switch on my um, switch. I get electric. But we know the reality of Sierra Leone is going to take a long time for that to happen. So that's why we've been actually pushing to have a market, you know, where we can introduce different new renewables. If it's solar from solar product, you know, hydro, wind. Now we're trying to build a whole ecosystem of that. So for me now, our key focus is how we can use solar, solar lanterns. You know, next year we want to move on to panels to help people to live a cleaner, better life. And because we, I know and I've seen it, when you have a solar product, you know, this these lanterns, I always say to my friends, when we work in communities, these lanterns, uh, obviously you've got the small ones, big ones, even with the smallest one, you put that switch on or you put it on, it just brightens someone's face. You can't imagine like <laughs> how a small light can just change something. Yeah, that's, you, you know, that's amazing. And I feel, you know, with um, it's it's things like that, that will make their life so much easier. And as well, you know, um, it's obviously an, an initial investment for these people mm-hmm. to purchase that. But then if you can charge it by the sun, then you don't mm-hmm. have to spend money every month to buy more kerosene. And, you know, so in, in the long run, you will be able to save as well. And then, you know, when you think of things like your health, you'll be healthier. So you're going to save on costs like that as well. So I think exactly. you know, it is it is something that is so needed. And I'm so thankful for people like you that can, you know, take this and just like lead with it and make such a difference to all of these people. Oh, yeah, it's not easy. But like you said, it's really true. And actually, people, you know, when we've done a pilot, because the thing is, with solar technology it's so simple but because and this is the problem we have people like to enter markets and communities they don't understand culturally how people work and operate with the solar you know this whole revolution that we're going through we could have gone much more further if a lot of these international companies that's coming and working understood how community members work you can't go into a community and give a product without training the people raising awareness about it teaching them exactly how it works. That's like really important factors because people need to really understand how the products work, really test them properly, get a feel for it. And you can do really simple stuff. So I'll give you a simple example. When we first done with our pilots, we just tried loads of different things. So I remember first like this investment that you're talking about because people were like, oh, it's expensive. Even when you think about the small, smaller lamps, which would go for between eight to ten dollars. For a lot of people, that's a lot of money. But it's what we done is making it much more visual to say, for example, so we gave them, I gave them a can and I gave them some pebbles and I said, look, you 
you've got this month, wait around. We don't want you to buy because we're testing stuff. What I want you to do for me, when you go to the petrol station or wherever you go, yes, to buy kerosene, use the pebbles as Leon, which is our currency, and just be putting it in this jar. How much you're spending every week? Oh, just use the pebbles put in the bar, in the jar. At the end of the month, I'm going to come and I'll sit down with you go through the pebbles we can now calculate and that's what we've done and people can visually because people don't understand because they're so used to going and buying some they don't understand there's like another another way but visually when people see and you explain to them like look yes initially the investment is it's 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 a lot for us it might not be a lot for like communities that i work with it's a lot of money for but in the long term, this is how much you're saving. With that saving, these are the different things you can do. And this is the good thing about solar product. If you're saving that much, you can help your kids to get extra school classes. If you're someone that's trading, you can start buying different, different products to add to your products that you're already um, selling. Your health is much more easier. You can actually start saving for a brighter and better future. It's really explaining what the problem is, but on this, also explaining to community members that these are the different solutions that they have, which I think it's really, really key. That's really great. And I mean, once you you see how much you can actually save, it becomes easier for people. But I think because that initial investment is a lot more than, you know, people have sitting in their back pockets, you know, it is, it's obviously a harder decision to make. Yes. Yeah, but you have also been very active in the UK as well. You have an <laughs> initiative called Beam Talks. What exactly is that? So this one is really simple. Beam Talks is just basically highlighting and giving a different perception of what Sierra Leoneans are like in the UK. So the reason why I set up Beam Talks is because so most people when they see me, they wouldn't think I'm Sierra Leonean for some reason. I don't know why. But I'm always like, oh, I'm from Sierra Leone. And the first thing will be like, oh, my gosh, have you guys recovered from the war? After the war, you then had Ebola. After Ebola, like the mudslide, oh, the child soldier. So the narratives, were just so, it's always just so negative about Sierra Leone. Like people just talk about really negative narratives. Like narratives are always based around negative things. And I just thought, you know what? We've got like the same thing I said before with when I started smiling through light so beam talks is our uk's initiative and the same thing i i identified a problem which for me it's a problem that affects what smiling through light as a whole is trying to do with our vision big because if people have a perception about sierra leone it's gonna stop them from going in to invest and ultimately like for me i want people to go there see the country create jobs for the people that's there so if they have this perception that it's really bad there's still war it's unstable politically we're not there I was like, okay, I'm going to change this. And the way I'm going to change it is that I'm going to set up a platform called Beam Talks. I'm going to run events four times a year. Instead of me holding it in community, in community centres, I'm going to get corporates in the city in London to host us because there, the corporates are getting involved. We're now coming and we're telling our own story because there's always been a problem, especially with Africa, with countries in the continent where our stories are always been told by people. And it's actually always a single story. And no one, we never tell our own story. We never talk about what the reality is. So I actually wanted to set that up for really success. Like the women here, successful women, these women, oh my goodness, they work in senior organizations. So we just, we talk, we work with women in different industries from the banking sector, technology sector, health sector. What has your journey been like when you moved from Sierra Leone? to here because most of them are like me probably moved because of the war 
and they've been here and it's been really really difficult so the talk is for people to really talk about what's been challenging for them not the positive yes if you're a senior manager at one of the biggest banks in London obviously you're quite successful but for me it's knowing how did you get there what challenges did you have because the audience is young Union women and it's for them to have that understanding that if you really want to make it in this world and in the UK it's not a place for all of us you're not going to just wake up and things are going to be easy you really have to work really have to focus so that's what the talks do to date we've had over 10 and I've had over 35 amazing and female speakers We've had an old audience of over 600 people. We've had different corporates from the likes of PwC, Echo Bank, EY, Thomson Reuters, School for Social Entrepreneurs, like really different organizations that hosted us. They've always supported us. And they just like having to hear a story from a different perspective. Let the people who experience that story talk about that story. And that's what Simply BIM Talks is doing. We're really just highlighting Sierra Leone in a different way. We're changing the perception about it. We're telling the positive story, which are normally never shared about Africa. It's always the bad stuff that we always hear. And for us, for me particularly, we know we're going through troubles. I always talk about my experience of the war and what it's been like, but that was over 10 years now. We have to move on from that. Country's in a different place now. We're starting up businesses. We're doing good things. People are going and investing. People from the diaspora like myself, we're going and setting up businesses. We're creating jobs for people. Let's talk about that story. I don't want people telling me about the war that happened 10 years ago. The war is not going to come back. But what's happening right now, here and now, is the good things that's going on. Plus our challenges. So we discuss those. And BIMTOX is all about that. I can just imagine there's so many wonderful women that actually comes from that. You are such an amazing, inspirational person. (laughs) And one of the latest things that you have been part of was in Paloma Faith's music video, Warrior. And Crazy Birds, if you have not seen this video, I would highly recommend it. Like it brought tears to my eyes the first time I saw it just to see all of these wonderful people being featured in this that was amazing how did that come to life that was just so coincidental (laughs) it was just like it was the most bizarre stuff actually that's happening so basically in London I live in an area called Dalston Junction so Dalston's really gone through this whole rejuvenation or whatever you'd call it so it's very techy at the moment very arty, really nice area. We recently just got a grant. So when you were con- con- trying to contact me when I was in Sierra Leone, and I've been there for the last three months implementing all our work. So I went to a cafe to write the project plan and kind of the activities that we're going to do on the ground in Sierra Leone. So this cafe, I'll go there. And one day I was there, this young lady came up to me. She saw my big flip chart paper and sticky notes. And she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I explained to her and she was like, oh, my goodness, that's so cool. Smiling through light sounds really amazing. Oh, my God, I wish you well with everything you're doing. And I told her, thank you. The next day I was at the cafe working. She waved. I waved back. During lunchtime, she came up to me. She asked how like the project was going and I told her it was fine. And then the Thursday, so we met on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was with my staff. My phone rang and I was like, it's a number I didn't know or save. And I was like, okay. So I answered it. She was and she was like, hi, Mariama, it's blah, blah, blah. You remember we met at the cafe? I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I said, how are you? I hope everything's okay. And she said, yeah, it was just a quick thing. So basically, Paloma Faith, because this young lady, she's also an activist in the community here, um, young Indian lady doing amazing work. Um, so she said, 
Paloma Faith got in contact with her. The people doing Paloma's Faith Warrior video got in contact with her. And basically, the video wanted to celebrate Ong Song Hero. So obviously, there's always loads of people in the community, like myself and so many more, so many more people were doing amazing stuff you know taking their time out and using their own resources and some people just using their own time because they're truly passionate and they truly truly believe in whatever they're doing and those people are hardly celebrated there's so many of them around because even on the day when we've done the shoot I met some people that I you know I sometimes think I'm amazing like they were just like I was just like oh my goodness like I can't believe you're doing all this stuff so basically the video wanted to celebrate people who in their communities doing really amazing stuff but they're never they're not celebrated and the video wanted to celebrate that because for you to actually be an entrepreneur you have to have that warrior spirit in in you because it's not an easy thing i speak at so many events and i'm always telling people you guys see obviously the interviews you see everything you're doing the press blah 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 but at the back of it i sit on work sometimes till 2 3 a.m in the morning i get super stressed i cry Sometimes I want to give up. So it's not this easy journey that, you you know, you're just strolling along the park and things are just happening. It's really, really difficult and it's really, really hard work. And so it was nice that Paloma wanted to celebrate that. And she wanted to feature just normal day-to-day people who are not celebrities, but people who she actually recognizes are doing much more stuff in the community. And that's how it was very bizarre. But that's how I got on the Paloma Faith Warriors video. <laughs> <laughs> what a what an amazing story to tell. I'm definitely going to hang out at some coffee shops now. You should. Mariska, you need to come to London. I'll take you to some of these coffee shops. You'd meet some really cool people, like really, really cool. I might take you up on that. You Before you know it, you'll see me in London. <laughs> and Mariama, what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? I just think like setting up smiling through life it's been because I've had to sacrifice a lot of things but I also recognize that it's such a big deal and as individuals as human beings we all need to contribute towards planet we need to play our part as we all see look at climate change like I'm in London the weather is crazy you go to Sierra Leone crazy and people still don't even believe climate change is actually happening and you just think really do you not see the world do you not understand every single thing that's going on but i just really think like with us obviously i'm starting I'm smiling with me starting smiling through life we're also playing our own role because when we do our community events we're not only talking about like renewables and stuff we talk a lot about the climate we talk a lot about your environment how you should protect your environment how you know about recycling so we went through a whole thing where they were cutting down all our trees we used to have forests huge fast forests now they wiped them off because they found that we had loads of timber cut down all these trees and it's causing if you see in Syria in the last and people don't understand the last two years we've had massive floods crazy floods we've had last year big mudslide which killed over how many people they said the mudslide killed more people than the war so these situations that we are living and seeing in our current life and for me if we can play our own bit for, to even inform people you know with, with the solar products we're also helping to cut down carbon emission working towards and um, protecting the planet that we live on because it's just so important and making sure people know like the environment that they live in they are also responsible and they have to be held accountable a lot of things that's going on because it's where they live so for me it would have to be that and it's a journey of you know I've never regretted anything that I'm doing right now because 
I just see the small bits, you know, that we're doing is having big impacts on people's lives and also the environment that we're also living in. Yes, it's indeed making an impact and it's amazing. I just love, I can't wait to share all of this with everyone. We're going to move into our final five questions. So the first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? So the main one would be at SE for all or so sustainable energy for all. So I'm really, yeah, I follow them constantly. I think every time I'm on, on Twitter, I go on their page like 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 i have a lot of respect for that organization they're doing really great work so it's sustainable energy for all and they're on twitter at s and what is your hope for mama earth going forward oh um for my hope i just think that first of all i really want people to respect mama earth so also talk about things that people that's doing i saw this email yesterday from the BIM magazine. And these are the kind of things that we're doing, we need to be doing. And the editor, her name's Anne, she wrote, the headline was some disturbing news from COP 2014. So I was thinking, 20, uh, COP 2024. So I was thinking what was going on. And she wrote this whole big thing around Poland and the use of coal. And I was just like, wow. And this is where this massive conference has been held. And then all these things are happening. So for me, I think it's definitely having respect for Mama Earth and also having individuals like um, people from the Bee Magazine, like people like yourself, who are raising awareness of all this um, information. Because people think if you are like, you know, if you work in climate change or you're working in sustainability or renewable, they always look at you like you're just so crazy. Like, oh my God, there they come again to talk about this, to talk about that. that. You know, that's now the tag they've given people in that sector. But for me, with Mama Earth, I always wish it the best. Um, I'm always thinking that we should be coming up with like really innovative solutions to just make where we're living a comfortable place and definitely to reduce the carbon emissions. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Crazy birds like myself, he advised if you've got anything, please focus on it, work on it and keep going. You're definitely going to get the no-sayers. You're definitely going to get the ones who put you down. But if you have a vision for Mama Earth, you put your plan together, you go for it because it shows that you're really, really passionate about it. Just never give up on your dreams. Work towards it. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Well, the main one I use in the context with Sierra Leone, I always tell them a story. But then I always highlight and tell them like in Sierra Leone, we have a um, population of over 7 million people and only 13% of the population have access to electricity. And in rural communities, it's less than 1%. And lots of people actually don't know know that so i always explain that and tell them because it's a fact wow. give them the stats and then explain to them the work we're doing that we're here by clean we're working on focusing on clean energy access we're working with a network of women to provide clean reliable and sustainable energy in sierra leone and africa through the sales of solar products and where can people find you so first our website is www.smilingthroughlight.org i'm on twitter smiling mk i'm on instagram i've got like three accounts but the main ones on instagram is at smiling through lights and at bim talks then on facebook we've got a company page which is just smiling through lights and maybe some of our london crazy birds can probably meet you up in a coffee shop sometime right yes that would be amazing i would really really like that so they can drop me an email um at mariama at smiling light.org or if when they visit the website if they contact me 
they can send a, a message which I would pick up and then yeah that would be really really amazing some crazy birds here we can probably organize like some meetup discuss what our challenges are and how we can support each other a couple of my challenges that I face first of all I mentioned the one of being an um woman being a black woman an African working within this sector it's a big challenge but the other thing I wanted to really talk about is the challenge we're getting for young local organizations you know people like myself who are going back on the continent from different countries going to either to work wherever where internationally we're not being supported I was on a webinar yesterday talking about supporting last mile off-grid blah 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 communities First of all, there was not even an off-grid community having a voice or talking about that. So the international community, in terms of finance, in terms of us achieving the SDG 7, you need to support local organisations because their response always, local organisations, they're not bankable, they don't do reporting, they're not blah, blah, blah. There's a whole list of excuses of why we should not be getting funding or grants or even, like for me, I don't want grants or funding. We are looking for investors. If that's the case, you should actually be supporting these organizations. But what I've found in this whole energy, clean energy access space, is that when you look at the face of energy, it's white, internationally owned. But when you look at the face of the problem of energy, it's the Africans who are now being used throughout the media. Oh, we've got 600 million Africans who are living with access to energy. Yes, that's a fact. But within that, there are people like myself and many others who are setting up businesses, but we've been sidelined. We're not getting out the opportunities. We're not getting the support. And I think it's really, really unfair. If we're going to meet SDG 7, you have to have a whole pipeline of different people working. The same organizations who get funded all the time could not reach the amount of the 1 billion people that need access. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. So... It's literally a call to if we have any investors um, out there, the international organizations listening to the podcast to say we as Africans, local diasporas who are setting up businesses, we need support. We're ready to work and it should be a plain field for everyone. If you're saying some of these organizations are not bankable, set up things for them to get the support. Don't sideline them. And it's a problem that we face. I mean, I have so many people that I do come in contact with that are facing exactly the same issues. And, you know, at some point when whoever is listening to this, if you, you know, wonder how like brings back to what you said in the beginning, you might think, you know, someone's going to do something. And, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe today you might be that someone. And I mean, when people think of investors, you know, you shouldn't just think like, oh, I'm going to be the one that's going to give $10 million or, you know, you can give whatever it is that you can. I mean, some money is better than no money. Exactly. Anything is a start. So, yeah, that's that's wonderful. And we'll definitely try our best to support you and your wonderful organization. And thank you very much Marissa. <laughs> you're most welcome thank you so much for being on the podcast really appreciate it and just for sharing your passion with our crazy birds and we're really looking forward to watching what's happening next for you as well as all the amazing ventures that you're part of oh thank you so much Marissa. thank you 
that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus Top Tip Thursday every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.